What's up, boys? It's been a long time, but when I came back, I had to make sure I brought on a heavy hitter. All the way from down under, move to the 305, Dale. We have Mr. Sterling Cooper. How you doing, my man? It's good to be here. Coming on, man. I appreciate it. Real quick for the people, tell us a bit about the life before the the mattress actress what was that like before before i was a mattress act, actor yeah uh, uh, <laughs> that's right actor correct correct <laughs> yeah yeah no i don't mind it so it's it's funny actually like i well prior to prior to being a porn star i was actually a uh, escort back in australia oh. that kind of thing is totally legal back in australia so okay before you go on i thought male escorts didn't exist i thought that was just a female thing so like I'm assuming there weren't very many of you, I'm assuming, or was that actually there was like, there was like four of us in the whole country? Like there wasn't that many when I was doing it. Like wow. four of us who yeah. actually work, actually had clients who were actually working regularly. And I have to specify like straight male escort, because there are also there are obviously like gay oh. dudes that they do. Okay. Uh, but we would only see like, you know, female clientele, like wealthy businesswomen, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I did that for how long? Did that, did that for like four or five years, kind of on and off. And how was uh, that, man? Like, how is how is kind of because I understand strippers they kind of have to fake be fake intimate people they would they they never would normally. So how do you kind of get yourself in the mood to seduce and flirt with a woman that you don't even find that attractive? <laughs> well, that's the trick, right? The the, the I, I when I, I joke around with my friends uh, <laughs> who are also complete degenerates like me. Uh, I joke around that I, my, my special superpower is my ability to like basically fuck any woman. Like I, I can find something attractive about damn near any woman. And that is part of the, that's the key ingredient you need to be able to do that job. Uh, even, and it also helps tremendously with the porn side of things too. Oh. Because not every porn girl I work with I'm actually attracted to, like normally. But especially on the escorting side of things, absolutely have to go to a place in my head where i'm like okay, i will i you can put any woman in front of me and i'll find something wow i will focus in on that like a laser so maybe she's maybe she's a bigger girl okay maybe she's got some rolls but she's got some big old titties so i'm fucking i'm laser like on those titties you know what i mean or maybe she's got some beautiful eyes and i'm just looking at those eyes the whole time whatever it is like maybe her hair's nice maybe she's got nice legs maybe i don't know whatever it is like I can find something. Maybe she's got a lovely smile. Maybe she has a great laugh. Whatever it is, I'm looking for that. And then I'm pinging in on that like a laser. And that's what allows. So I'm not, when I'm, you know, when I'm with a client, I'm not actually faking it. I'm being genuinely intimate. I'm genuinely like, because I found something attractive about her. The attraction's real. I'm not faking something. Absolutely. And it allows her to feel like she's the most beautiful woman in the world during that time she's with me which is the entire reason she's hiring me in the first place, you know, because I get, would get a lot of, you know, mo my typical clientele uh, back home would have been, you know, mid thirties woman, uh, career lady. She's got, she got money. She's earning, she's earning like six figures or multiple six figures a year, but she can't find a man on her level. Correct. Who wants to, to be intimate with her and wants to make her feel special. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay, stuff it. I'm going to hire this guy to have, you know, an evening or a weekend away where I can feel like a beautiful woman. I can feel, I can feel feminine again. 
and it's it's kind of funny, man. This whole the Western world has kind of screwed over a lot of women in that they've they've sold them this dream of you can have it all, you can have your career, and you can have a family eventually as well. And they they end up getting to like you know they spend the whole you know late twenties and thirties focusing on their career and making money, and then they they okay cool you've, you've made some money and now they want to start yes. settling and have a family and there's no guy around to who wants to take them the, the dudes who are on their level in terms of the amount of money they make well those dudes are, are, set, are going after the 18 year old girls yeah so it's like they're kind of western society screwed over a lot of women man and it's it's you i see you know I, i'm in this weird place now in in the online i don't know like youtube twitter kind of dating space, manosphere space, whatever you want to call it, red pill space, where I can see both, I get, I've seen both sides of the story. I've seen the dudes getting frustrated, and I, but I've also seen the, the female side of it with my clients. So it's, I have an interesting perspective on this. Absolutely, man. And one thing you touched on that's so great is, you know, especially when uh, there's this one podcast that went super viral, the guy said, once you make a lot of money to the women, you've in a way disqualified yourself. Now it's okay. I don't agree of disqualified, like no one wants you, but yeah. what you should have said was it gets harder because whenever you ask a woman, you know, about her dating life, they say on my level, but preferably higher. Yeah. And as you make a hundred grand, most dudes who make a hundred grand have somewhat game and it looks somewhat decent. They're on, they're still in their playboy life in a way. Because all the girls that that were his age when he was 19, 20, 21 were dating the guys in the 30s. Exactly. They're on the boats. They were in the Lambos, right? Yeah. So now that they're there, it's like, no, this is now it's my turn to date those guys, you know, th- sorry, those girls who were, you know, you know, dating the guys who were older when I was younger. So it, exactly. it's, it's a funny process. It's almost like in high school, the freshmen like the seniors, right? Get to college, the freshmen and sophomores like the athletes. And then it, but it continues in life over and over and over again. The hierarchy of that most high value man get majority of the girls. Well, that's human. It's human nature, man. It's yeah. <laughs> and and for some reason, we 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 tried to socially engineer away human nature, and you can't, man. You, you can't really do can't. it. Eventually, it's going to rear its ugly head, and it's going to come out. You know? Absolutely. And, it, and like you said, it's not like when a woman makes that. You know, makes bank, makes six figures plus a year, or whatever. It's not like it's not like the men. She's, it's not like she's. Um, it's not like the men don't want her. It's that she doesn't even want the dudes. It's, it's her own point. standards. It's her own, her own mental, her own subconscious standards. Whether she like, she might not even be aware of it or not, but she'll she'll subconsciously reject a whole bunch of dudes who would otherwise be fantastic, but they just don't earn enough money for her because she's earning tons of money now. So it's it's like you said, she's outbidding herself like she's putting herself in this bracket where there's fewer guys to even choose from and of those guys they they're looking for a younger woman anyway so it's like yeah, it's tough man it's 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 a tough spot you know i feel bad for some girls because like yeah they grind they work hard and they get to a place where dating becomes a lot harder you know so it's a tough spot. You know, men and women, we both have struggles in dating. I think that's a struggle for women is when they go hard and they, and they have another you know, good work ethic. They want to become a boss, boss lady. Mm-hmm. They get to the boss lady status. Go, wait a minute. I just left behind 90% of men. <laughs> you know, 
and their Oops. dating pool really starts to shrink. And then, and then you add on six, he has to be six, four. He has to be good with my, with kids. He's getting, and it gets thinner and thinner and thinner, as you know, from seeing uh, the fresh and fit show where they bring out the, uh, the calculator. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that female delusion calculator is one of the funniest websites I've ever seen in my life. It's I, tough, I, man. I, 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 I plugged myself into that thing and I didn't, I didn't think I was that much of a statistical anomaly, but I'm like off the charts. I'm like, damn, okay. Like, Jeez. And I think a lot of dudes, a lot of guys should actually jump on that. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, it's cool. Just type Google female delusion calculator. Okay. And you can plug in your stats, like your height, your, like whether you're obese or not, like your income, et cetera. Okay. And you can see like how statistically rare you actually are as a guy. That's actually a good point. If you got your shit together, you might be like, you might not even realize how much you have your shit together too. And then that's one point. That's a good point because, all right. Dudes living in Miami or dudes living in LA, right? You just paying your $2,500 a month rent for your studio. You having like a three series Beamer. You are, you're in somewhat good shape. You have a flat stomach. You make 80 to hundred. You're doing better than most people. Even though you're comparing yourself to people doing way better, you're yeah. still pretty damn good. It's because you're in a different, like it's the pond you're fishing in. Yes. Which is, which is the problem, which skews a lot of guys' perceptions of, of their life. I mean, and I live here in Miami. So I'm like, I totally get it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, if you were like, if you took me and put me anywhere else in the world, Nebraska, <laughs> put me in a, I'm like, I'm, I'm the king shit all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> true. I'm not saying I'm not the king shit here, but it's, but there's also other dudes out here competing on my level. Yeah. But that's where, and, and, or a lot of baddies, they all come here, look at that do. same kind of thing, look at that same kind of guy. And one of the funniest questions I, I like to ask girls when I go on dates here in Miami, because I'm not from Miami, like I'm an Australian, I'm, I'm sure. an immigrant, whatever. But my favorite thing to ask them is, what's it like dating Miami guys? And they all, every single one I ask this question to, they all say, oh, it's horrible. We've got so many options. True. <laughs> Like, I, um, it's called welcome uh, to like the, the welcome to our world. Every every beautiful woman we talk to has options. It's finally flipped on its head, and they're upset about it. <laughs> True, and um, it's called a uh, it's called uh, I think it's called choice paradox, especially when it's on dating apps. When there's I think one girl made a TikTok where she said she made a TikTok for 24 hours, no, a Tinder account for 24 hours. She paid for the gold membership so she can see all the men liking her. She ran up 5,400 likes in 24 hours. So it's just like, she said there was just so many options and so much attention that she got overwhelmed and left. Yeah. Yeah. That, that absolutely happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. Another thing like guys need to sort of be, be aware of, because most men have never seen the Tinder of a beautiful woman. Most men have never seen the Instagram inbox of a beautiful woman, Right. Crazy. And when you, if you have a hot friend, just be like, hey, look, Ask. can I look at your, uh, the DMs for like five seconds just to see them? I don't want to read them. I just want to yes. see the numbers. Then you'll like 200 DMs a day, something like my, some of my friends get, like my co stars and stuff. I'm like, of course you're not going to stand out. It's so hard to, to, to stand out like that. So don't, I think a lot of dudes probably beat themselves up over that. Like, oh, no one, no women are replying to me. This beautiful woman ain't replying to me. Dude, it's, it's not, it's actually not you. Probably, probably, it probably actually isn't you. You actually might have your shit together. You might be an, attra an attractive, handsome, well-to-do, wealthy, like guy who has your shit together. 
you're just fading into the darkness because there's so many goddamn options. There's so many messages coming. Absolutely. Do you know a guy named Austin Dunham? I'm familiar with him, yes. Okay, so you know, you know what he looks like, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so 5'10", 5'11", shredded to the bone, yep. drives a Corvette C8, right? He does um, a lot of like DM experiments. Well, he'll, he'll DM a bunch of, you know, Instagram girls. Some girls, like he posts on his close friends, obviously. Sometimes some girls respond back a year later. Not because yeah. he wasn't handsome enough, not because he wasn't good enough, just because she has so many messages, it took a year to get back to him. Or she's, or he's finally somehow come, like come up on her radar. In a way, yep. In a way, and then she's looked at him and seen that he's messaged her. True. That's how that would happen, you know? It's not... I, 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 I'd be very skeptical if a woman ever sat down and went through like a year's worth of DMs. That would really, really surprise me. I don't think they look there. Absolutely. I don't think they, 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 there's no incentive for her to actually do that. But Zero. what's probably more likely happened is he's come up on like a friend's of a friend's story or something and just checked him out, gone to the messages, and he's DM'd him. Like, oh, finally. finally. <laughs> gotcha. So one thing I want to talk to you about, I think you're the, probably the best person to ask is a lot of men, even myself at one point, struggle with performance anxiety. And you've made a lot of videos on TikTok talking about it. So kind of, I guess, walk me through, you know, maybe either a why men have it or how can men kind of get better at, at, you know, getting over that fear of pleasing a woman in the bedroom? Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's, it's one of the most common things that I get asked about. That's why yeah, I do a ton of videos on TikTok, a ton of videos on YouTube about this. Yeah. And I'll, the first mistake a lot of guys make is they think they confuse erectile dysfunction with performance anxiety. Yes. Two things are totally different. Yeah, true. Uh, so let's, let's, let's explain that to everyone to start with. Erectile dysfunction is about the plumbing, right? Yeah. It's about the physical plumbing of your, your cardiovascular health. Yeah. Do you have arterial plaques in your, in your, in your blood vessels or in your penis? Like, is that thing downstairs actually working properly? Okay. Gotcha. Sure. Your nitric oxide production, these kind of the hormone levels, this is about erectile dysfunction. Okay. The physical side of it. Performance anxiety is all mental. Oh, dude. Finally, the mental side. Facts. So, what happens, you know, a young, young dude might experience a bout of performance anxiety and he thinks, Oh, oh shit, there's something wrong with me. There's something physically wrong with me. And then he starts Googling erectile dysfunction and he try, and he goes and grabs like some Viagra or something, thinking that'll fix the problem. And then he takes a pill and then, well, one of two things happen. Either it's a placebo effect and he's told uh, and, it, and, it, and it miraculously his problem solved, but it was placebo. Or he he takes the pill and he still has the same problem and now he's even more oh shoot <laughs> even more in the dark <laughs> he's like shit the blue pill didn't help me what's sure. the problem you know and it's because you're in your head and i can tell you this because i've been on porn sets where we you know it's like a gangbang scene or like a blowbang scene where it's like one chick and like eight dudes <laughs> and and what they do in these scenes is they usually they usually use these kind of scenes as a way of testing out new male performance to see if they can handle the pressure because you know if one guy fucks up out of seven it, it's okay you can just push him to the back and it doesn't really matter you keep yeah, the yeah. scene going you know? so what will happen in those scenes sometimes you'll get a new guy he'll come on set he'll take a ton of viagra he'll get flush red in the face and he'll be sitting there with a lip dick 
And he's wondering why the hell his dick ain't working. And it's because he's got performance anxiety. So even at the professional level, this, this shit still happens. And it's because you're stuck in your goddamn head. True. It's because you put, a, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why a guy might get performance anxiety. But one of the most common ones is this, this need to please the girl. This, this, this outcome dependence. He has, he, he's comparing himself to her past lovers or her ex-boyfriend or maybe some future lovers she might encounter or some guy she's talking to online. Like, man, I hope I'm as good as her past lovers. I hope I've reached this mythical standard I've put on. I hope I'm good enough to impress her. I hope I'm good enough for her to want to see me again. All he's doing is, is putting so much goddamn pressure on himself. Of course he's going to struggle and fail. Because where is his focus? When he's doing that, when he's, when he's going through these kind of negative thought patterns in the bedroom, his focus is on himself, internal, right? The opposite of that, where you actually want to be during sex, is being present in the moment with your lover and focusing on you and her together, focusing on the sensations that you're experiencing together, and not focusing on yourself and your and your thoughts and your body. You want to be focusing on anything external because that brings you present in the moment. So that's one of the, the, the tips I give guys. Is like, look, if you find you're in that kind of a situation, things might not be working out stage with a little bit, a bit nervous and anxious. Start paying attention to things you wouldn't normally pay attention to. Stop. This is actually a meditating practice, by the way. This is, there's a lot of parallels between like good sex and, and good meditation, oddly enough. And basically, every porn star I know, a male porn star I know, does some form of meditative practice, which is something most people don't realize, is, okay, what can I focus on that I wouldn't normally focus on? Maybe I can focus on the smells in the room, the aromas of our, of our bodies. Maybe I can focus on the touch of her skin, the touch of her hair. Maybe I can focus on something I wouldn't normally look at on her body. Maybe I can focus on the sounds she's making, right? And bringing my focus and awareness onto these kinds of things takes me out of my head and puts me into the present moment where we are, which is the first step to breaking any kind of performance anxiety thought. Is getting back and getting present uh, in the moment with your partner. And then another another really common uh, problem these guys have, like I said before, they're they're trying to compare themselves and, and uh, reach some kind of standard they've set they've set in their own head. I tell guys if you have that problem, here's how you should approach sex. And this might sound a bit weird, and it might sound a bit it might sound a little bit offensive to women, but but trust me that this is going to make your, your man a better lover, which is going to ultimately help you make your experience better in general anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, I tell guys to come at sex from this thing I call the selfish pervert frame of mind. So imagine, okay, it's selfish plus pervert, right? If you were just a selfish lover, you'd, you'd, you'd go into the bedroom and you'd bust a nut in like 30 seconds and you'd be done. And you wouldn't care, right? So it's not purely selfish. It's your own selfishness combined with perversion. So you use imagining 
her as your sexual muse. And she's there for your perverse pleasures and you want to do anything, anything and everything you can with every square inch of her body. But you're doing it in a selfish form. You're doing it in a way that turns you on. So you're doing the sex positions that you like. You're doing the things that you, you want to do. You're saying the things you want to do. You're experiencing the experiences you want to experience. And ultimately, what this does is it puts you in the correct frame of mind. It puts you in a frame of mind of, I don't give a shit, right? Not to say you don't give a shit about her, but you don't give a shit about the performance. You're there to enjoy yourself, right? And this snaps you out of that negative performance anxiety thought loop and brings you back into the moment with your lover where you can actually start being a man again, being, being a bit more animalistic, being more, being more raw and going after what you want. That's, that's masculine energy and that's attractive. So you're back in the game. Old boy downstairs is working again. You're exploring her body passionately. Great. The, the, we're, we're back to where we want to get to. And then we can move on and we, then we can start, you know, focusing on her pleasure and things after that fact. But we have to fix the problem first. We have to fix that negative thought pattern first before we can even get there. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Hey, great stuff. Hey, guys, you got the best in the business here, man. So, so take out <laughs> your damn notepads. So let's let's go a bit more into this this game of um, sex game before we jump into like you know purpose and all that stuff because you know you're the pro on the sex we got we got definitely talk about it so funny story guys I never talk about this ever this is the first time ever here we go my first time having sex I'm 18 years old um, condom goes on just how I practiced it nice and smooth because I that was my biggest fear too is like can I get that thing on quickly you know so I got it on quickly boom. Now, mind you, I may have kissed her like for like 30 seconds, got up, ripped the condom off and put it on, put on, you know, put it on. Then I go to, you know, put it in. Right. And I've watched porn hella times. It slides right in. Like, what, what's the issue? Right. So I go and it's like a like a think of like a train and like a Cheerio. And I'm just like and I'm, I'm jabbing. I'm jabbing. Right. And nothing. She goes, oh, no, no, it's fine. I, I got it. I got it. Then she tries and she starts jabbing and I'm not going in. All of a sudden the heart starts to race. The anxiety kicks in and I just go. And I'm just like, dude, I'm 18. I'm already late to the party in my mind, right? I'm already late to this. And here we go. I'm here with an attractive woman and I just fall flat on my face. Then I think like what Sterling said, I had an erectile dysfunction, right? Even though I put the condom on fine, everything was going great. I thought in that moment, I have ED and I'm like 18. So I avoided, basically avoided bedroom stuff for a while because I was so nervous that what if the girl I was with was super cool and never got out what happened? Or it could have, but it never got back to me. So I was scared of hooking up with a hot girl. She tells her girlfriend, this girlfriend tells this, and all of a sudden I'm known as like, limp limp dick over here yeah right so i was nervous of even putting myself in positions where i could embarrass myself you know so this is crazy it sounds hella weird but it happened i met a girl and she was super into me and she's like why don't you ever try to you know put it in me and i'm like and i just felt vulnerable and i told her the story she goes i don't care we'll figure this out <laughs> yeah we'll figure this out so then, long story short, she said, listen, two things. 
This sounds kind of OD, guys, but hear me out. She said, you're somewhat big. Therefore, you have to do more foreplay and you can't go in until you really feel she's ready. And then from then on, I was able to tell, like, is she ready enough? Because like, that's one thing I struggle with. The reason why I didn't fit with the last girl is I didn't do any freaking foreplay. That's it, man. Like, you, they're not. It's not like you can actually run into that problem. Like, it's <laughs> it's not like it's just just gaping hole. Yeah, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's it's like it's it's flaps and it's folds of skin. You gotta like yeah. finesse your way in there. You know? <laughs> like, if, yeah. if that thing's dry, you ain't going in. You no, know? you're not. <laughs> but that's why I, I kind of tell guys to like, I'm actually about the getting the condom thing on right one of the one of the tricks i tell guys to because again i agree you, you kind of want to get you want to get the condom on as kind of quickly as yeah you can, this is possible while you're at like while you're full strength yeah right? exactly uh because it's just easier and then it's, it's you can get hard again but it's a pain in the ass whatever uh two two little tips one put like lube if you've got lube laying around put lube inside the condom before you put it on makes it much like makes it more pleasurable when it's on so it's like easier yeah. to keep it there but two I always like start, I'll make out, then I'll get her to suck my dick. Okay. And that's when I take the condom off. And I can take my time because I'm enjoying the blowjob. So I'll just take my time, get the condom out, get it ready, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, now it's a full mask. Now we put it on and now we go to town, right? Rather than me like sort of rush through the top. Because again, you don't want those, you don't want that, that heart racing, you don't want the nerves. Yeah, the heart starts racing. <laughs> but if you take your time with it, like if you're sucking your dick, it's fucking fantastic. You can take your time with that thing, right? And then you can slide her on. But uh, yeah, man. Like, and another thing is, is if you run into that situation where it's like it's it's not quite going in, right? Man, this is why I tell guys that they need to be the ones leading in the bedroom because you would be so shocked at how how many women don't understand any and kind of know their own bodies. True. Like, I've been in so many pornos. Where the girls in doggy, like the girl bends over and look okay. like we're in the doggy style, whatever. And she she backs her backs up into me and she's pointing her vagina like at my nipples or okay. like like too high, you know what I mean? Like way too high, or okay. she's pointing it at my toe. Like she's got they've got no idea okay. where their body is. They really they're not as as clued into like their own anatomy as you might realize. Absolutely. So okay, like she's she's putting herself in a certain place. Well, you might you might be coming in at the wrong angle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So have have some have some not not being in a pitch black room helps. You know, True. like blazing lighting like this, but like mood lighting, so you can actually see what's going on. But you be the one in control. Like put her where you need to put her, so you can see what the hell you're doing. You can make sure you, things start off smoothly. It's just little little things like that about being the one in control of the experience, because it's it's. It's ultimately down to you as a guy. It's your job. Like you're the one in control. You're the one. You should be the one in control. The one leading the experience, making it a good one. Like good sex is 100% determined by the dude. You know, if the, if the guy is on point, then it's great sex. I agree. And it's not a woman. A woman can be a good lover. Women can be great in bed. Oh yeah. But it's, but it's it, it, if she's amazing and you're not then it's not really great sex, is it? Like she could be like the wildest, craziest chick in the world, but if you aren't like there into it, reciprocating or at full mass, well then the sex obviously isn't gonna be great. So it's, it's, and I don't wanna put pressure on guys, but I'm just saying that's the, the reality. 
is that good sex is determined by the guy. 100%. You know? and so you might as well be the one in control of it. Because I know I want to have good sex every time I have sex. So I'm going to take charge and make sure that this is a good experience for both of us. Absolutely. And as far as, um, you know, foreplay, you know, do you have a recommendation on how long it should be or that that's just all, that's up, all up to the, the people? It's, it's the thing, I, if you feel it out, you know, it's, there's no, there's no, I don't want to get, you know, super like autistic. Yeah. Like, it has to be three minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it comes down to the, the situation too, like, because there's nothing wrong with a quickie. There's nothing wrong with spont- a spontaneous quickie here, you know. Like, she, like my girl's over here, like cooking me some food or something, and I and the urge strikes. I'm gonna like pull the panties down, bend her over the counter, and have a crack at her, right? Yes. But the, but the spontaneous, the, the spontaneity of that as well is also getting her lubricated and wet. Like if I'm kissing her neck and shit first, and then I'm going like that, well, she's all that's that's enough foreplay to get her wet for us to do a quickie, right? But if if it's like a more like longer second yeah. in, in the bed or whatever, like yeah. I, I'm a fan of eating pussy. Not every guy, there's a lot of guys on, on, on the internet, especially this yeah. guy, well, who are like totally against eating pussy. Whatever, you do you. I like eating pussy. That's just me. So I will happily go down and, take and have some fun with it because I actually enjoy it probably more than she does. Like, and a lot of dudes in the porn industry, especially older male performers, we use this as like a hat. We use this as a way of getting ourselves like ready to go before we even insert. Like we'll go down there and, and eat pussy because we, one, we like we enjoy it, and two, like the pheromones of the pubic mound can like help a dude get to to get himself. Right, okay. To go. Hey boys, yeah. take notes. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, but the gym's a foreplay, man. Whatever you need to get her to that point where she's right, lubricated, comfortable, and and ready to go. Gotcha. That's, and that can, and for, that's different for every woman. For sure. So anyway, next question would be Alex. It's, it's along the same lines, kind of. Guys always ask me about making the first move, as in going for the kiss to start things off, right? So I'll give you, I guess, my two, and you can probably give you, you probably have your own, because everyone has their own little strategy, right? So let's just say you're dropping her off at her place. This is for like, you know, the basic first kiss move. Never hug her in the car because it's awkward right? You may just get a face full of boobs, right? Hugging her, you know, you know, through, through, through the car. I always get out the car, right? Give her a hug. Now, as I'm releasing her, if, and she can tell when I'm releasing the pressure, if she immediately starts to turn her head and walk away, she knows what you're trying to do. And she's probably not down yeah. or, or she's nervous because she knows what you're trying to do. And she just got cold feet. Fair enough. But most of the time when I hug a girl and I'm releasing the pressure and she's still chest to chest with me, that's like an indicator that I can go for it, right? That's how, that's how I do the first kiss move outside our house, first date, whatever. So you do, now, that, at the, you do that at the end of the date? Um, yes, that's at the end. Huh. That's at the end. I, I, it depends. Now, have I kissed a girl during a date? Yes. And that's because like, man, it was just electric. Like we were just eyeing each other. It was very, it was up there. Most time on these dates, most girls, I would say majority of girls I've been on dates with, the the vibe and the first date's very just, oh, we do fork. Oh, it's very casual. So there's, uh, there was no tension built. We can talk about that, but there's no tension built. But at the end, I just go for it. And then my other move I do 
when it's like, I'm in her house and we're about to, you know, do the nasty, like, how do I initiate that? Right. So for me, I'll be talking to her. Then my eyes go to her thighs. Right. So I'm on my eye contact here. We're talking, we're talking. Then I go to her thighs. Right. And I start like rubbing, like if here's the knee, like here, I ain't going all the way up yet. Just starting, starting, starting slow. And then if, if she looks down with me and starts smiling at me, I can, then I know we're in the clear. Cause obviously why would a girl start smiling at you? And as you're touching her thigh, if she's not interested. So those are my, like, of course there's more, but those are like the two things I always just go with and they work well. So what's like your, I guess, first date intimacy, like move look like for the first date, not the, not the nasty, just like the first date you're at, you're dropping her off or you're at the, the club, the bar, whatever. So I, I always, I never, ever uh, save like the first kiss to the end of the date. I always make sure we're making out. It's like, we're making it half of like 10, 20, 30 minutes into the date. We're making Oh, 10, 20. <laughs> so it's getting to the point. <laughs> I, 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 there's not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I might not necessarily try to fuck her that night. True, true. But true. I'm making sure that we're, we are physically intimate pretty, pretty much right away. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Yes. Okay, one, I always um, make sure that, as, if I can, I always sort of make sure our date is at like some kind of quiet lounge bar. True, right? okay. Me, me couch, too. Kind of like, kind of like, a, like a couch like you'd see in the background here, right? Yes. So we can sit next to each other. I talk about that and guys were hating on me for that, but it, it's true, man. You want her neck close to you. You don't want, you don't want this dinner, dinner yeah. date bullshit. That's a fucking interview. No, no, I'm here to, I'm here to get intimate with you. So I'm going to sit next to you and I can, I can turn and, and talk like this. Yes. But more importantly, this is a little, this is a little secret that most guys completely, and a lot, I, I posted a video about this on TikTok and everyone was like, oh, that was creepy, dude. Motherfucker gets me laid. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that is making sure our legs yeah uh, dude just resting against each other just True. resting just resting that man that one little that little and the, uh, we're not even touching anywhere else True. that little bit of physical contact will make the conversation electric it doesn't matter what you can be talking about taxi and with that little bit of physical contact it'll sexually charge every video conversation so i always i always start with that that's kind of the setup um when we first meet i'm always kissing on the cheek I, I, I do like the whole European style. Like, ah, you can say, oh, like, this is my culture. That's, that's my yeah. culture. <laughs> I'm Australian. It's not my culture. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a cultured man. Yeah. Huh? So I've taken that and adopted it and made it my own. Right. Yeah. And it's charming. It's definitely, it's definitely charming and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll always, you know, handle all that, come in, kiss the cheeks. Not like close hug, but like a distant hug. So I'm kissing the yeah. cheeks. And then I'll put her, I'll, I'll take her arm, put it in my arm. That's, yo, the venue, like a gentleman, right? Before you go on, that, that's one thing I, I like to do. And here's the thing though, as you know, I know you may not run into this problem, but I think a lot of young dudes do. Girls sometimes go on dates to feel you out. Not because some girls I go on dates with, they're already, they're already interested. Like there's, there's a girl right now I met on Hinge. I can tell it's already there versus some girls it's like mm, let's see so that move legendary i love it i love the arm it puts her in her feminine i'm leading her i have decent sized arms she's you know she's she feels comfortable but with some girls i remember one time i did it with a girl she did it for 10 seconds and then pulled it off like okay she's 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 not that into me because if she was into me she would love this but that's a i love that move and it tells you things you need to know too yeah 
it's not just about like you know getting physical with her it's about gauging her interest like how that, yep true how interested is she or, or how compliant is she to my you know instructions will she follow my lead that's a very important thing true because that girl guess what we never had a second date so that that just showed right there that by her not wanting to even touch my arm lets me yeah. know she was there just to feel me out wasn't really into me that much which is fine whatever wish her the best but it's a these things uh sterling's talking about guys it, it it's all facts like when i when, when I'm, I can't talk when i'm at a bar i like to sit down at the stools and we can be you know hip to hip like or you know thigh to thigh whatever case may be because it definitely makes the conversations a lot more intimate than talking to her you know two feet away from you across the table you know yeah i i never like i think i've i can count on like one hand the number of dates where i've done a dinner date was the first date it's super rare yeah, I don't do dinner other than the first I day. Really I try don't. to do something where I can, I can, it's like, guys, bring a girl to where you can manipulate the situation. Yeah. You know, that's where you want to take her to. Like, let's just say you don't have a big budget. You want to go to like a view spot. Okay. Y'all get out the car, stand next to her, make sure she's close hip to hip to you. Like manipulate the situation to where you can have the most success. Yeah. You know, Be in control, man. like play to win. You know, yes. <laughs> play to win. Seriously, why would you, why would, why wouldn't you try to play to your own strengths and advantages? It doesn't make sense. Like, I see, all, like, like, for example, uh, I've seen guys like go to like her neighborhood and her and out with her and her friends on a first date and shit. I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, it's, it's cool that she's going to invite you out to be in a social circle, right? But ultimately, you want her to join your social circle, not the other way around. So why would I, where am I going to go with that? Like, why would I go to like her? And I know this because I did this, I made this mistake in my early 20s. I've done, I've, I've yeah. done all the mistakes. So that's why I know that this bullshit move. Like, but why would I go to a bar to meet her and her friends or something when, okay, well, I'm going to be judged by her friends. I'm going to have to like manage multiple people socially. We're not going to have any intimate one-on-one -on -one time where we can actually get to know each other, you know, True. kind of Zero. physically. physically. There's, there's no advantage to doing this. So why would I bother? I, was I like, agree. Okay, well, I was think... scheduled for a different day when I can actually see it. And that's a great point because I think men will go because they're in a place of scarcity. You True. know what I mean? If they they get a date a month and the date is, hey, meet me and my friends out at this bar and it'd be five of my girlfriends and you, like, well, damn, like this is my only time to get even talk to a woman. I guess I'm going to go anyway, you right. know? But back to your saying earlier, I like, I like your point. So you have the girl around your arm you're leading her to you know the place um you say you like to get intimate quickly now has a girl ever rejected your you know i guess trying to make a move in within the 20 30 minutes of talking to her absolutely and here's why it's a good thing okay so i use it like i actually had a girl tell me tell me this verbatim uh maybe like two months ago in dubai when i was over there okay and she said uh because we, we ended up having, uh, you know, sex on the first date or whatever. And she was like, you know how I, I knew I could trust you and you know, I knew I was safe with you? I said, how? And she said, when you, made the, when you first made a move and I rejected you, you were totally cool with it. And you just kept doing what we were doing. We were playing pool, I think, at the time. And so I, and I made out with her. I, I got, we're, we're kissing. And then I, and maybe I think I went for like a grab a butt or something like that. She put it, she, she put her hand on my arm, took it away. I'm like, no problem. I didn't get butt hurt. I didn't, I didn't, oh, 
well, I invited you out. I've just paid for drinks. No, none of that bullshit. Just like, no problem. I totally respect it. Cool. Let's keep playing. Like, create, don't, I don't keep touching her. I create physical, you know, we separate physically, right? Because she just, she just gave me a no. Totally fine. Cool. Break it off. Let's keep having fun. I'm, keep, I'm still talking. We're still chatting. We're still laughing. Keep going. And then 10, 15 minutes later, I'll try again. And, it, and she accepts it. It's fine. That the no is actually like she needs to know because so many guys are really really afraid of the rejection. They're afraid of the no. True. And I, I'm not saying <laughs> this is this isn't a no is in like get away from me you creep go I, I'm going to call the cops kind of a no. It's a I'm not comfortable yet, sir. Give me more time. That's all it is. And so by being the kind of guy who can take the no and not get butt hurt by it. We totally chill with it and keep being the fun, playful guy, the fun, charming guy she wants to be around. That communicates so much about you. It communicates you have abundance. It communicates you're safe. It communicates super, it's, this is the most important thing it communicates. It communicates that when you actually start having sex, if she says no at any point, you will stop and she is safe. That is the single most important thing you can communicate to a woman. Is that she? I, oh man, hundred percent. I've never in my life given a woman a hard time for saying no. I do a smile and go, "You're good," and I just keep I just keep doing what I'm doing because you're right. Like sometimes they may do it as a test to see how how will you react when you hear a no. And guys, you gotta stay smooth, man. You gotta stay smooth. You gotta stay confident. Act like nothing ever happened, and that and that will show that will show her how comfortable you are with yourself is you get like you said oh i paid for drinks oh i brought you here that's just gonna make her go this guy gets no hoes like this guy is not this guy is 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 like just insecure not as not as masculine you know so that's huge guys like definitely don't take a rejection personally out out in public if anything you that, that's your time to shine and exactly. really show her that exactly. it's not that serious it's not that deep because you're being emotional that. Like that shows balls. The guy, like being able to take a no, is like it shows real unfakeable confidence. You can't Ooh. fake that. You really can't. And also to go a step further, let's say you do approach a girl, and I've seen plenty of videos on World Star of a guy approaching a girl. She says no. All of a sudden they're arguing. Well, you're ugly anyway. Are you like? And they start getting really emotional about it. And to me, I go, okay, a girl, man. I walk to a girl. Now, mind you, she was eyeing me too. So I thought, okay. Open invitation. Walk up to her. Hey, excuse me, miss. What's your name? She goes, I'm good. I go, okay. Have a good night. That's all I said. Have a good night. Right? Why, would you, why would you let a woman who you don't even know emotionally affect you? Could never, man. Seriously. Absolutely not. You know? And you don't so, even know this girl yet. You don't even know, like, if, if you get rejected on, like, an approach, you don't even know her yet. You know nothing about her. And, and more importantly, she knows nothing about you. You ain't got a clue who you are. She probably just made the worst decision of her entire life. That's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Gotcha. So this transition well. Why do you think that this space of men teaching guys how to date, be confident, is exploding so much? Why do you think men are like really flocking to this type of material? Because, especially, well, in particular in the Western world, we've got this very, very skewed, uh, sexual marketplace, like got you. Super significant. Like you know, listen. Quote you probably hear thrown around a bunch is like the top twenty percent of dudes are dating like eighty percent, having all the eighty percent of the sex. Right? Yes. 
top 20% are getting 80% of the result. If you come to a city like Miami, that is absolutely the case. Yeah, Miami is, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's definitely like that for sure. So that's why you've got a, you've got a whole bunch of the male population, especially like notice the dudes who are just coming into their like 20s and, and, yeah. and stuff. Who've, because I didn't grow up on social media. Gotcha. Right? I'm 35. I, I, like, I had to talk to girls in real life, you know, when I was in my 20s. I had to go to the bar and actually get rejected yeah. and shit. I'm doing it. Like, we didn't have Tinder. We didn't have all this shit. Facts. So, you've got a whole generation of, of dudes who have never had to sort of, they, they've grown up on the internet. They've grown up with Facebook. They've grown up with Twitter. They've grown up with YouTube and stuff like this. And this has made their social skills nowhere near as strong as guys from the previous generation. Ah, nowhere near. Point. Nowhere near. Their, their text game might be great, but in person, they're, they're, they're as shy as a sheep. They're a mute. That's right. They can't do anything. So I think that's a giant factor. And then on top of that, the other part of that factor is, again, with dating apps and, and things like Instagram and stuff like this, you're competing against everybody. Yes. Like, you know, what, I'm from like a 3,000-person farm town. Right, tiny, tiny place in the middle of nowhere. When I was growing up, who did I have? Like, if I was looking to, for a girlfriend, there was probably like maybe, maybe fifty eligible women in my entire village, whatever, who were of dateable age, who were attractive, who was, had a chick. Who I was at least remotely interested. In. Okay, and then I'm competing with probably another like fifty dudes. Fair. That's it. It's like fifty on fifty. Cool. Odds are even. We're good. We all know where we're out in the social totem pole. That's that's her options. Now those same <laughs> fifty women, those same fifty women, have. I'm not only competing with the dudes in my town. I'm also competing with the dudes from the town next door, and from the city next to the two in LA, in Miami, from, from some some Arab oil sheikh in Dubai yep. who's going to fly the prettiest one out there. I'm competing with all these guys. So that's what's changed. Every the, the competition has magnified. Got you. I, I really like that answer, and man. Got, all these options. It's a great answer. I really like that a lot. And uh, I think my answer for that would be, okay, men, we have to take a lot of rejection in dating, either from DMs, Tinder, um, in person. So as a guy, how can we lower and mitigate risk? How can we have the best approach? How can we have you know, we get a match on Tinder. What's, but what's like the best things to say? Like, we trying to figure out how do we mitigate the risk of getting told the word no. Mm. And by coming to these channels, you're learning all of these new ways and methods. And to be honest, how this is how men are taught game. Oh, if you like, oh, if you like, be nice, bring her flowers, tell her where she is, and she should be on your, your, your PP in no time. Right. And that's what I was told. And in high school, this is how I treated girls. Okay. I'm going to text you the most. I'm going to show you. Oh, no. Let me take a back step. Girls would complain. These F boys don't care about me. These F boys don't pay me no mind. Like, okay, I'll, I'll pay you the most mind. These F boys don't text me enough. Okay. I'm going to text you every day. Everything they complained about, I made sure I was the, the inverse. Right. And I, I became the inverse of what they were complaining about. So I thought, okay, if you're complaining about this guy, I'll become this guy and this guy should be perfect. And when that got perfect guy, I was trying to be, ended up getting called bro in the friend zone over and over again. And for the longest time, here's my issue. I was blaming women. Oh, they're the ones who are missing out. 
They're the ones who who should be liking me. I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. It wasn't until I put the finger on myself and go, wait a minute, I'm 18 years old, never had sex, never had a girlfriend, never done anything. Maybe the issue is me, right? And I started to slowly, it took time, but I slowly changed from a people pleaser to only to pleasing myself. And the results are just astronomical, right? So I think this space is so important because it's funny. The girls that would friend zone me would say, man, I wish more guys were like you while shaming the men they were sleeping with. <laughs> you see how that works? You know what I mean? It's like, wait, I'm such a good guy, but I'm getting no pussy, but he is, but you're shaming him. You should, ne- you should never, ever pay attention. To, I mean, it sounds bad, but you should never pay attention to what a woman said. You should only pay attention to what she does. What she does. <laughs> it's, 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 and, and, and this is why so many guys, and I, I was not that dissimilar from you when I was a 16-year-old dude. Yeah. You know, the similar starting off similar, right? And I think a lot of guys are in the same boat because all mainstream media tells us. Every, every freaking Disney movie, every Hallmark romantic yep. comedy, they all tell us that exact same load of fucking lies. Just keep trying. Just keep, just keep being more perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> don't. Look after you, look after no one, work on yourself, improve your own life, and you know, start to get, 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 learn to get rejected, learn to go after what you want with balls, with intent, like a man, and you might start getting respect for them. You know? Absolutely. And so, women, will, women will have sex with the men they actually respect. They don't and- have sex and they don't respect. If you think about that, man, like think about the movie. Uh, have you seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. Okay. So when does um, Forrest Gump get Jenny? At the very, very end, after the Black Panther Party ran through her, she was at <laughs> Woodstock. Like that's when he gets her in the end. And we're like, oh, yeah, he won in the end, though. But no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he lost. He lost big time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's one guy on, on TikTok made a video. After two years in the friend zone, I finally won, boys. I'm like, no, you didn't. Enjoy your bronze medal. <laughs> you got the consolation prize, man. It's like, bro, like she chose 20, 30 over men before you. Then, you, then she's like, you know what? These 30 guys didn't want me, but I guess you do. So let, let's do this. Yeah. And this, it's what, what this is really about. And this is not like hating on women or something. It's just, this is the, I want guys to sort of take this in as have standards for yourself like yes you know have some self-esteem have some some goddamn self-respect when you look at that situation and reinterpret you know forrest gump or this dude's story yeah no he didn't win he had basically no self-respect and allowed himself to get walked all over true and start having some goddamn boundaries you know start holding some have and they don't need to like hold women accountable hold yourself accountable first man like have some have some balls have some boundaries have some self-esteem absolutely man and and it's that's a a big issue that men have is that you know i'll get a patreon message hey man she flaked what should i do next i reschedule i'm like no shouldn't reschedule like what you do is you hit you up the day of like an hour before she knew she wasn't going to show up and then what what do you do you you reward her with another date in her mind, I can keep bailing because he's, he's just going to keep on rescheduling. It's like you got to, in a way, girls hate this word, punish bad behavior. If you flake on me, I'm going to respond, no worries, take care. And yeah. if you want to see me, you can, but you're going to have to text me and ask me out. 
That's why you got to keep. That's why you always got to be sourcing new women, because True. in this day and age, they have that that kind of behavior. Like you wouldn't have really had that kind of behavior, you know, in like the nineteen twenties, right? Like I said, again, some you know you invite you invite a woman out, she's going to show up on the date. She might not like you. That's fine, but at least she's going to show up. Right? She ain't going to disrespect the time. Now, again, so many goddamn options, they can behave that way, and they can behave that way without any repercussion. Zero. Cool. Yeah. Zero repercussion. So that's why you've got to keep you've got to keep sourcing. You've got to have multiple leads and options so that you don't get buffered, so that you have abundance when that situation happens and you don't keep chasing, you know, this this bad lead down a rabbit hole where you're gonna you just, your time's gonna be wasted again and again and again. But once, instead I'm gonna hang out with this girl who actually wants to hang out with. I'm gonna give Absolutely. her my time and affection because I know my time and my time is is worth something. Absolutely. So off the dating topic, now we're getting to what's mo- I think most men have a problem with first is purpose, right? And for me, you know, I've in a way two purposes, right? I love these type of conversations with men who are doing it, right? Yourself, you know, I've talked to Elliot Holtz, I've talked to Bulldog Mindset, guys who are just who who get this, right? And a lot of men when I talk to them, they're just they're trying to understand women, but they have no purpose, mm. right? So explain to me, you know, why do you think purpose is actually more important than learning how to date women? Because no woman wants a man that doesn't have a mission in life. True. No one, no one wants a man like that. And look, you can, and I'm saying, saying this as a dude who's had plenty of sex in his life. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fun, but it's, you know, I'll say what's much more fulfilling every day is me waking up to emails from guys whose lives I've changed every single True. day. That is that is more fulfilling than in the best blowjob in the world. Like I don't care. Like so that's that's why the purpose is more important because if you create you have a purpose in life, you have a mission in life, and you you go after it, that's gonna give you more energy. It's gonna make your life better. Hopefully it should bring more money in the bank as well. You can start to live the kind of life you want to live. And then the women are gonna fall into that that it's kind of like a I call it a thought trap. Like they're gonna they're gonna fall into that because you're creating a life of abundance for yourself, right? But having a purpose is something that people um, can can cock up sometimes. They think it's oh, pursue my passion, right? Well, no, that's pursue your passion is a terrible piece of advice for anyone. And here's why: because most people's passions can't make them a living. So you're gonna be broke under a bridge. You know, doing Shakespeare. Okay, great. That's most failed actors and actresses' dreams in Los Angeles. Absolutely. You should try to find a Venn diagram. If you know what a Venn diagram is, I did, like yeah, concentric yeah. circles, right? Find the best piece of advice I ever got was like, okay, find where your skill sets are, the things you're good at. What are you actually good at? What do you have? What do you have energy for? What do you have time for? What are you slightly better than the average person at? And then you find, okay, what does the world pay money for? What is what does the world want? What does the world need? And where these two things overlap in the middle, the things you're good at and the things the world wants to pay you for, that's what you where your time, energy, and focus should go. Because otherwise, you're going to be competing with everybody. everybody. What do they say when they, they do surveys of um, high school students now in America? They're like. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. I want to yeah. be a TikTok star. Like, fuck off. Get out of here. You ain't getting paid for that shit. Like you're like you're not gonna be Logan Paul. 
sorry, you're not going to be the next Logan Paul. You're, you're not. Like one in a billion, you know, one in like 500 million chance that you're going to be the next Logan Paul. And there's the other 499 million who are sitting around wondering why their life sucks when they could have actually just focused on what they're good at and what the world wants to pay them for. And they could have built a life of abundance. They could have built a life. They could have had some goddamn purpose. And helping, like adding value to other people's lives is a purpose. I don't care if that, if adding that value, if you're the guy who runs the, the sewerage company, the guy who the guy cleans out water bodies, you're adding value to someone else's life. And you're doing something that not many other people want to goddamn do. True. And you're going to make money for it. So having, having, a, having a purpose and, a, and a, I don't like calling it a passion, but having a, having a goddamn purpose in life. And that purpose might just be to make a bunch of money. And that is also completely fine because you don't make money for the most part with most 90% of professions, 99% of professions in the world. You only make money if you add value to someone else's life. Yeah, add value. Yeah, value. So for me, man, purpose, man, it's, I say men have to get that under control to have the best dating experience. The reason why having a purpose will help you have the best dating experience because it kind of gives you that, it gave me somewhat to be, it gave me like this arrogant swag to myself where if I walk into a club or a bar, I know I meet five or 10 people in here are actually on a purpose. The rest are just check to check at a job they hate. Right. You know, it's very sexy to tell a woman I have a, my, my own business where I help men be the best version of themselves. It's, it's a cool thing to say. And on top of that, if a girl flakes on you, that's fine. I have my purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make more YouTube videos. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. You have something to kind of keep you on a grind, on a mission mm. to where. And another thing, too, is when you have a purpose, it's sexy because it takes up a lot of your time. And when you have, like, I'll say this, you, you can probably attest to it too. Well, well, actually, you were a porn star, so maybe it's a bit different, but I was watching a guy, you know who AMS is, Alpha Male Strategies? He said he had the most sex when he was broke. But when he started making money and he, had, he got less time, therefore yeah. he, he, his tolerance for bullshit was way thinner, right? Oh, can we reschedule? Nope, we can't, too busy. You know, like he was cutting girls off a lot quicker because he saw his time was a lot more valuable when he had a purpose. Yep. A lot of men, if you have a lot of time, you're going to accept girls that flake, accept girls that disrespect you. When you're on a purpose, man, I think it's going to make you a lot more, a bit more cocky and arrogant with your time. And when girls play with it, you just replace. No need to you know, do all the extra stuff. You know, it's, it's, it sounds funny, but sometimes, man, I actually, I actually want to get flaked on sometimes. I'm like, I've got shit to do. I've just scheduled this date with some girl. I'm like, man, I'd, I'd really much, I've got all this work I want to get done. I'd much rather be like working on it. And then she's like, oh, I can't make it. I'm like, yes. Text <laughs> you, oh, no worries, love. <laughs> I can go back to work. Yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, for, for me, uh, same thing. I have, a, I have a date tonight with this chick. And if she bails, I could care less. Because again, I have stuff I could be doing. So again, having a purpose puts you in a place where it's like, you don't even care. You know, gas is expensive. Freaking, you might as well just stay home and just focus on something's gonna make you money instead of spending money. You feel me? Another thing I'll say is like it's not like you want you want to have abundance and you want to have options. True. That's why I say it's, it's good to keep sourcing new girls and stuff. Cool. But it's not it's not like a, it's not you don't win a prize having slept with the most women. 
No, you don't. No, there's no, no dude sitting around with like a big teddy bear ready to give it to you. You, and I think a lot of guys do make that mistake of just trying to rack up numbers. And it's fine. Go out there and, and you know have fun. I sure have done it. I'm not guilty as charged. But what's more valuable, especially in today's day and age, is finding a woman who you can create and turn her into an asset in your life, rather than that's, a that's the that's the hard part, man. Woo. Well, it's hard, but it's it's not impossible, and it's it's something it, you can't expect, especially in the West. You can't expect a woman to be sort of a ready-made cookie-cutter housewife type. No, you have to you have to make a good woman. Okay, you have to t- teach her what you actually like. Teach her how to teach her how to be an asset to your life. You know, because that because most women are liabilities to men. They they take time, they take energy, they take money away from them. Right, rather than being an asset in his life, where they save him time, they save him in money, they save him energy. Right, they add, they give him energy. Right, so finding a way to make your woman an asset in your life makes for a super harmonious relationship and a successful relationship. You know, but we've kind of we've kind of forgotten this. It's, it's male female dynamics in the Western world are, are sort of combative now. It's, it's one of like trying to take. From each other right that's why i love i love this, this these type of conversations man like the whole dating dynamics thing is such such a such a fun it's such an interesting dance because you think about it if we lived in afghanistan this conversation wouldn't exist okay. you like when you're ready to marry your dad reaches out to a bunch of fathers they you know it, it, and it's in she's a virgin right she's a house like ready to go housewife that day right yeah. so so this this these type of conversations wouldn't really matter but here in the west it's way different as as you know so sharia uh, law, law you gotta you gotta give it credit <laughs> yeah sure yeah there's pros and cons for sure but hey man that, that that that's that's the hour man i do appreciate you coming on here i'm gonna take a quick hold on my phone i like taking photos oh, oh, whatever. hold on take a quick photo hold on uh, 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 uh. curious is uh justin around no he's back in louisiana right now oh cool cool nice Gotcha. Take a quick photo. Well, we do live in this. Him and I live in this apartment together when he's in town. Yeah, I, I had a feeling because uh, when he does his YouTube videos, uh, I, I see like oh, and oh, no, he's like, oh, same living room. Same living room. Gotcha. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. One, two, three. And uh, what's your uh, what's your uh, IG? Is it at Sterling Cooper? At Cooper Sterling. It's the other way around. Ooh, that, that kind of sucks. I feel like people will look up your name. It uh, sucks because someone else took Sterling Cooper like, damn. like four or five years ago when I first created the name. So, and I uh, haven't really been bothered to uh, yeah. chase it up. All right, man. I'm, I'm going to shoot you a follow. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. You dropped some amazing value. Definitely talk to you soon, brother. Thank you very much. Peace.